good morning, Rivertown Community Church. So good to see all of you at all of our campuses today. And uh, if today's your first time being with us today, it is a great day for you to be here because last week we started a brand new series entitled Rebel with a Cause. And it's all about the do nots that you're going to want to do. And uh, if you missed last week, you can go to our website or you can go to our app and you can watch the beginning of the week to- of week one. Because here's the thing. Last week, a young lady by the name of Katie Detweiler, she's our student director on the Bluntstown campus, uh, she set up this series and she did an amazing job. Yes, she did. Give it up for Katie. She did an amazing job. Yep. That girl, let me just tell you, she worked so hard. She worked for six weeks getting ready for that talk. She gave so much of her heart and soul to that week, that talk last week. So if you, if you missed last week, you, you need to go uh, make sure... Um, you listen to what she had to say because it was great stuff. Um, now, here, here basically, let me kind of give you a recap of kind of where we went last week, and that is this. Last week, basically, we learned that when Jesus showed up on the planet, he spent a lot of his time basically explaining, like, how God intended for us to live, and then over and over again, he gave us some commands on how to live life, and those commands, they included some do-not kind of commands, and these do not, do not commands that Jesus gave, I mean, as we learned last week, they sound a little bit irrational, maybe a little bit impractical. Some of them people look at and go, I don't even know if it's really possible to follow. And then when Jesus died, I mean, these do not commands were like the furthest thing from people's mind. And then when he suddenly like rose again, everything changed and they began to make more sense to his early followers. And so they started living these things out. But Jesus said some really what seems like almost impossible kind of things. For example, he said things like this. He said, do not sin, which really sounds almost impossible. And quite honestly, for some of you, that doesn't even sound fun like, right? You know, it's like, don't sin. Here's the problem with being a Christian and sinning is most of the time you don't know how to sin good enough to have fun, right? That's the real problem. But Jesus comes along and says, don't don't sin. And then he said things like, do not fear. And he said things like, do not doubt. And maybe one of the ones that seems like the most impossible of all is the one that we're going to look at today when Jesus comes along and he says this, do not worry. And for some of us, the question is, do you even have control over that? I mean, think about it. Have you ever stopped and you tried to keep yourself from worrying about something? I mean, doesn't that feel almost impossible to do, to do not worry? I mean, like, worry, it doesn't come with, like, this on-off kind of switch. Like, somebody says, well, you shouldn't worry about that. You don't think, oh, let me flip the switch off, and I won't worry about that anymore. I mean, you just don't go there. See, I mean, most of us, if you really think about it, most of us, we worry about people that don't worry enough. Because some of you know a person like that. You have that person in your life. I mean, maybe they're going through a tough time and money's tied or they're not going to get into the school that they thought they should get in or um, like they feel like they're, or you see that they're about to lose their job or maybe their kids are having like some serious health kind of problems and, and they just don't seem worried. And they just don't seem stressed at all. And you think, what's wrong with them? Like, are they not living in reality? Are they living in some kind of denial? Are they not taking their situation seriously? Like, are they being irresponsible? Like, why are they not worried about this? See, the reality is it just feels very natural for all of us to worry. In fact, some of you, you have a special gift of worry. 
You don't just worry about your problems. You worry about everybody else's problems. Like the more children you have, the more you worry, or the more friends you have, the more you worry. You're just worried about everything. And then you watch the news and you go to bed with all kind of anxiety because you got all kind of worries. Like it's a special gift, but it's driving the people around you crazy. But here's the reality. Early on in Jesus' public ministry, in like maybe his most famous sermon, he, he looked at several hundred people on the hillside and he said this. He said, do not worry. Now, let's just be real honest about this. If you were in that group of people, or maybe, and you heard somebody say, do not worry, and, and you weren't sure where your next meal was going to come from, or you had a child, and they had like this serious illness, and, and there was like really no great medical facilities around, or maybe you just got laid off from your job, and somebody came along to you and said, well, don't worry about it. I mean, that, that would sound very, like, incredibly insensitive, wouldn't it? But Jesus did not hesitate to tell people over and over and over again, do not worry. Because Jesus knew something that most of us forget. And here's some things that we forget. You might want to write them down. We're going to find them in a passage in that sermon that Jesus did. But here's some things that we tend to forget. Who's made their life better by worrying? The reality is, if you stop and think about your life or anybody else's life, we know that nobody has made their life better by worrying. Or how about this one? Who's made their life longer by worrying? Like, nobody has ever lived longer because they spent so much of their time worrying about their life. Or how about this one? Who has made their life shorter by worrying? Here's the reality. A lot of people take time off their life or the length of their life because of their worry. In fact, the medical community has told us that that's a fact, that you literally can shorten your life because of worry. Or how about this one? Who is driving the people closest to them out of their minds by worrying? Some of you are sitting by that person. See, we all got one of those people in our lives that just drive us crazy because they're like a worry ward. There's always worrying. Now, here's, what, here's the truth. If you can't think of somebody in your life that does that, guess what? That's probably you. You're probably driving everybody else crazy with your worry. But Jesus also knew some other things that we forgot, and that is this. Who has more purpose, meaning, and peace in their life by worrying? Like, like, have you ever heard anybody get to the end of their life and say, man, the secret to my success, the secret to my satisfaction in life is that I've mastered the art of worry. I conquered it. That's my success. It was like I became a pro at worry, and then life got really, really good. Or how about this one? Who was closer to God by worrying? And the reality is we all know you don't get closer to God by worrying. Now, here's the thing. Those questions that I just asked you, that's not new information, is it? I mean, every one of us, we know that worry doesn't fix anything. We know that worry doesn't improve anything. But here's the thing. We forget that worry doesn't help us at all. Or for some of us, we just don't know how to quit worrying. So the big question becomes for us, how do you not worry? Like, how do you do life with all the things that happen to us and not worry? 
Well, here's the good news this morning. Jesus offers an answer, a solution. He offers an alternative to worry. That here's the thing. If we could just figure out how to live this way, it would radically change and alter our lives. In fact, what he says that day on that hillside to a group of several hundred people was so extraordinary that if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, it might make it worth you following Jesus from what you hear today to say, yes, that would make it worth being a follower of Jesus Christ. So let's just kind of dive into the middle of this scene in this conversation and listen in what Jesus has to say about this issue called worry. Here's what Matthew, here's how Matthew recorded in Matthew 6. He says, therefore, I tell you, here's our statement, do not worry about your life. And most of us worry about our life. And then he says, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. Now, here's the reality. For most people in that culture, that they were not sure if they even had enough food for a meal tomorrow. It was like, like hand-to-mouth kind of culture. They didn't know if they were going to have enough clothes to kind of keep them warm in, in the winter. So this statement from Jesus to this group of people he's talking to, I mean, it could feel very insensitive. But he tells them, he says, don't worry. Don't, don't worry about, what you're, about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear. Now, now some of you... You're not worried about what you're going to eat because you've got plenty of money to take care of that, or you're not worried about what you're going to drink because you've got plenty of booze hid behind the, the cabinet in the bottom. I mean, just, you know. Some of you are really worried about what you're going to wear. You worry about it all the time, right? Others of you, you don't worry about any of those things. You have other worries. But here's the reality. We all can relate to not having enough for tomorrow in some area, don't we? We, we can all relate to, like, there's something that is bothering us to the point that we are worrying about tomorrow. For example, some of you, like, you're worried about getting in college this fall, or some of you are worried about getting through this next semester of college, or some of you are worried about picking the right career, and have you picked the right one? Because you kind of now hate your job, and like, will I ever find the right one? Some of you are, like, really worried about your family, some of you have like a brother or a sister who's like struggling to find their path in life. Or some of you have a son or daughter who's like literally going down the wrong path and it keeps you up at night and you worry about them and what their future's going to be. Some of you have like parents or grandparents who are struggling with health problems and it really has you worried and concerned. Some of you are worried about money. Truth is, most of you are worried about money. You're either worried, do I have enough money, or am I making enough money, or am I saving enough money, or am I retiring with enough money, or am I going to keep enough money to after I retire? Some of you have more than enough money, and so you're all worried about how you're going to manage all that that brings with it. Some of you worry about, like, am I ever going to get married? Kind of as Katie talked about last week, she has friends who want to get married because they're single, and then friends who are married, and they're like, I wish I'd have stayed single kind of deal. Like, see, see, in your mind, like, you had your life all planned out, and marriage was part of that plan, and, like, you're supposed to be at a different place in your life, a different point in your life when it comes to a marriage relationship, and you're not just worried about, like, am I going to get married? But you're thinking now, would my dream marriage that I've had in mind ever take place? 
Some of you are struggling and worried about your marriage because your marriage is struggling along. It's like it's not turned out as you envisioned or dreamed. And you know how you got to this point? Never, you're kind of worried, like, will we ever get back on track as a couple? Some of you, you're kind of worried about whether you ever have a child. And you've cried tears into your pillow so many nights, worrying about whether that dream child that you've had, that dream that you've had for having a child will ever come true. And you're just not sure what you're going to do if that doesn't happen. See, see, for some of you, your worries may be entirely different than anything I've mentioned or anything that Jesus mentioned. But the truth is, we all have worries, don't we? And all of our worries have one thing in common. In fact, um, it's kind of interesting how I have to live out my sermons before um, I preach them. So, Friday, I'm opening up the mail, and I notice that my liability company has sent me this form saying that my, I thought they were saying my liability insurance, personal liability insurance is going to be canceled because that's like my second notice. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to get on a plane, and I'm flying to Montana, and I'm flying back on Friday. And by the way, I'm not going to have internet service or email or um cell service where I'm going and I'm going to have a lot of fun. There's a group of about eight of us lead pastors from different churches that are going to meet up in Montana and it's going to be an incredible thing and all of a sudden I'm panicking because I'm fixing to go have some fun and I need some liability insurance <laughs> just in case something happens. And all of a sudden I'm going, I'm worried about this. In fact, I'm so, I was so worried I called one of the ladies on that evening, I said, I hate to bother you on Friday evening, but what about my liability? And then I'm laying in bed that night going, oh, you shouldn't worry about that. I'm... See, here, here's what our worries have. You know, you know what I was worried about? Same thing you, that causes your worries. Here, here's the deal. Worries about the uncertainty of the future. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there going, man, if something happened or something happened, you know, that kind of thing. What about the insurance? Is it going to cover it? And I know that's a small thing because there's bigger issues. I was on the phone with a guy who's driving to Birmingham this morning. I was on the phone, and um, his mother's going to have open-heart surgery. There's just all this uncertainty. But that's really what drives every one of our worries, isn't it? It's worry about the uncertainty of the future. And that future right there, that, that future may be what you're going to have to face tomorrow morning. Or, or that future may be what you're going to face this next week. Or, or that future may be what you're going to face this next year or, or even like several years from now. But worry is always focused on the uncertainty of the future. And in our minds, we think things like, well, if I just knew it would all work out or if I just knew how the future was going to unfold or if I just knew that everything was going to be okay, then I would be okay but the uncertainty is what creates the worry. And it's into this kind of mindset and, and into this anxiety that we all have because all of us have uncertainty about the future. Jesus looks us right in the eye and he says, listen, all of that uncertainty you have about the future, you don't need to worry about it. 
All of those variables that kind of keep you up at night, all of those things that just make you stay awake at night and, and your worry and you're filled with anxiety. He's like, you don't need to stay up at night about those things. You don't need to worry. And we're like, Jesus, how can you say that? And so Jesus begins to give us a list of questions that begin to answer the question of why Jesus says you don't need to worry. In fact, the next question we're going to look at, it is such a great question because it's such a paradigm-shifting question. Here, here's what Jesus says. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now, just to make that really personal for all of us, in 21st century, just replace the word food and the word with clothes with the thing that kept you up last night, with the thing that you worried about when you were waking up this morning, or the thing that you worried about yesterday. And so Jesus has a question for you. He says, is your life not more than financial security? Is your life not more than your job or your career? Is your life not more than your family situation and how all that's going to turn out? Is, is your life not more than just getting married or having a dream marriage or being able to have kids? Like, is your life not more than just being so obsessed with improving your health? And here's the thing, all of these things, they matter to us so deeply. But Jesus is reminding us, listen, your life is so much more than that thing that you worry about. See, none of the situations that you worry about, if, if think about it this way, if none of the situations that you worried about turned out like you want them to turn out, does it mean that you can't have a life of purpose and meaning and significance and happiness? It doesn't. It's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, listen, if none of those things that you worry about turn out the way that you want them to turn out, it doesn't mean that you can't live a life of purpose and meaning and happiness and significance and leave a legacy. He's saying you can still live a better life. And so Jesus is reminding us with this question that we treat life as if it's equal to those things that we worry about. And the reason we do is because we get so obsessed with everything turning out the way that we want it to turn out, and we lose perspective of what life really is. But he say, listen, there's more to your life than just the things that you worry about. There's so much more. And then Jesus is like, he goes completely off track, and he says something like this. Look at this. He said, so look at the birds of the air. And some of you are going, I don't have time to look at the birds of the air. Some of you on summer campuses, you're going, I don't even have any trees around my house anymore for there to be birds in the air. But most of us are like, I don't have time. I've got too many other things to worry about. I, don't, I can't be a bird watcher kind of thing. And then Jesus makes this very important point. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So when Jesus says earlier in this conversation, do not worry, just make sure you understand something. His point is not to be irresponsible. 
He's not saying, listen, you can just ignore your marriage and, and God is somehow going to make it great, turn in your dream marriage, or you can just blow your money and live your life as irresponsible as you want and God's going to make sure that you're financially secure anyway. He's not saying that by this. He's, like, he's not saying like, well, you don't have to study for the test and then you can just pray and God's going to give you a great grade or you don't have to fill out the application for the jobs and man, you're going to get a great job and have a great career. See, this statement here is not a pass on being irresponsible. Jesus is making a much bigger point. Jesus is saying, listen, God has given you extraordinary advantage over the rest of creation because the reality is you have the ability to sow or reap. You have the ability to think ahead, to store away in barns and put things away. Like you have the ability to prepare for tomorrow by planning today. And what he's saying is this, if God will take care of the birds of the air who cannot do that, they cannot think ahead, they can't plan and prepare like you can, and then God sees you living responsibly, like when God sees you sowing and reaping and storing away and preparing as best you can, why would you worry that he wouldn't take care of you? And then he asks this powerful question in the last part of this verse. He goes, aren't you much more valuable than they? So Jesus is saying, listen, you just need to stop in the madness of your life and the pace of your life and reframe your perspective. Don't, don't you believe that you're more valuable to God than birds? And he takes care of them and then Jesus asks another question that helps us to think so differently as found in verse 27. He says, can any of one of you, and we kind of ask these questions at the beginning, can any of one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And we already said the answer is no. And then he goes on, he says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. In other words, the flowers are just kind of like the birds. They can't prepare or plan ahead and plan for the future. And then he goes on to say, Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who was like the richest man that ever lived, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And then he makes this just incredibly powerful statement. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you, don't miss a statement, you of little faith. And the point that Jesus is leading us to by asking all these questions is this, is do you trust, because this is really a faith thing he's saying, do you trust that God can and that God will take care of you? Because see, from Jesus' perspective, our worry is it really an issue of faith. It's really an issue of trust. It's why he closes out that passage. He's like, oh, you of little faith. So our worry issues are actually trust issues and faith issues. So the question becomes, do you really trust that God can take care of you? And here's what I know about most of you on all of our campuses. Your answer to that would be yes. It's the second part that we struggle with. Do you trust that God will take care of you do, do you really believe that god will 
take care of you? Do, do you really believe that God will meet your needs if you're being responsible with your money? Do you really believe that God will take care of your future as a single adult? Do you, do you really trust him to handle your future? Do you, do you trust him to bring the right person along at the right time? And then if he doesn't ever bring that person along, do you trust him enough to be single with the rest of your life and believe that that's what your best interest is? Like if you're married, do you, do you trust that God will take care of the issues that you and your spouse are facing? And, and, and if you're being responsible in your marriage and you're doing what God asks you to do in your marriage, do you believe that he will handle what seems so out of control? Do, do you believe that God will give you a child when the time is right? And do you trust, to, and, and will you choose like to say, God, I will follow you even if you don't fulfill that dream? See, see, here's the big thing that Jesus is leading all, all of us to. Like, will you make your life equal to whatever you're worrying about? Or will you trust him with your future. And you know what our real problem is, mine as well as all of yours is, is our problem is, is we don't live today believing that God is in control of tomorrow. That's really why we worry. If we really believe that God is in control of our tomorrow, then we wouldn't worry. See, we think the future is uncertain because the future is out of anyone's control. That's why we worry. But Jesus goes, oh no, that's not true. The future is not out of God's control. In fact, his, his advice as we're gonna see in verse 31 in just a moment is, listen, don't drag the concerns of tomorrow into today because God's got a plan for tomorrow. See, the reason you don't need to drag the concerns of tomorrow into today is because those concerns, they're under the control of the one who has all control and loves you deeply and wants a personal relationship with you. So once again, whatever you're worried about, it comes down to this question. Do you trust that God can and will take care of you? Like, like if God created and cares for this very complex world, then don't you think he'll take care of you? Jesus says, that this is why I'm, I'm telling you this. This is why I said, don't worry. In fact, notice this next part. He says, so, here's our phrase again, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? And he just makes like this crushing statement. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. It's kind of like Jesus saying, okay, I know that you're not fully convinced right now. I know that you really still don't feel like you don't need to worry. But it's like he's saying, would you just dream with me for a second? Would you just think with me for a second? Like, what if you were confident that God knows? Because he says, your heavenly Father knows that you need him. So it's like, what if you were confident that God knows everything you need and he cares for you? 
because he uses the term your heavenly father. It's a term of endearment and care for you. And, and if you knew that God knew everything that you needed and that he cares for you, would that change your worries? Would you suddenly feel like you don't need to drag all the concerns about tomorrow back in today? Like if you were really confident of these two things, that God knows and that God cares, then would it be possible to follow Jesus' command not to worry? I really think it would. If you really believed with all your heart, if I really believed with all of my heart that God knows and that God cares, well, here's the good news. In the next verse, Jesus makes this statement. And he says, listen, if you will make knowing and following God like your primary pursuit in life, then he says, here's what I can tell you. You will gain the confidence that God knows and that God cares. In fact, look at how he says it in verse 33. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And the problem for most of us is I'm normally seeking after my kingdom and my way, and it's about running after my kingdom and creating my kingdom and making sure my kingdom's secure and that my kingdom is operating and acting the way I want my kingdom to act and everybody in my kingdom is operating and acting in the way that, isn't that how we do? But Jesus says, no, no, no. If we'll put him first, his kingdom, and his righteousness. Then he makes this incredible, incredible promise. Here's what he says. And all these things, literally these things that you worry about, they'll be given to you as well. They will be taken care of as well by God. Like literally, if you were confident that this was true, this was absolutely true, he goes, then you wouldn't have to worry again. And neither would I. Like, we would just do our lives laser-focused on prioritizing God and putting him first in our lives and pursuing his purpose in our world because we would know that he's going to care for our needs if we live responsibly. It may not, everything may not turn out the way we want it to turn out, but he'll take care of us in the process. And then Jesus, he wraps up this teaching and helps us to think differently about our worries by, by actually showing us how to relabel all of your words. And this is so powerful. This is just absolutely powerful. In fact, before we get into this next part of the passage, I want you to think of the few things that you're worrying about. And some of you are saying, we just told us not to worry, but I'm going to help you with this. Think about some things that you've been worrying about, and then listen to this. Here's what Jesus says. Therefore, do not worry about you fill in the blank. Well, whatever, you, whatever you've been worrying about, you put it in this blank. Like, do not worry about how you're going to pay those bills. Do not worry about how you're going to fix that relationship. Don't worry about how you're going to pay that tuition. Don't worry about how you're going to get that job. Just don't worry about whatever that thing is that you're worrying about. In fact, here's what Jesus says I want you to do. I want you to take all those things that you're worried about, and I want you to relabel them and give them a new label. And the label that he inserts in this blank is tomorrow. That's the new label. In fact, look at how Jesus does it. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. So Jesus is literally saying, listen, take your worries about school over the next few months and how you're going to get into school and just relabel it tomorrow. 
Just take your worries of like, like what's going to happen in that relationship that's going sideways, and you just relabel it tomorrow. Like you take your worries about having a child, getting married, will my marriage make it? Like what if everything doesn't work out the way I want to work out? He says, you just relabel that tomorrow. I mean, this is like so brilliant. I remember sitting in a counselor's office some years ago, and he basically told me the same thing. He says, listen, Paul, all these things that you're so worried about, they're all in the future. He said, let's just take those things and let's just go park them into tomorrow. And you just live and enjoy today. He's saying, and Jesus is saying the same thing. So literally this counselor was just basically quoting Jesus. He's like, all these things that you worry about, here's what you do. Relabel it. Everybody say it with me. You relabel it tomorrow. You're not like you're convinced. Okay. So all those things that you're worried about on every campus, speak up. Here's here. You relabel all those worries tomorrow, and you leave it with your heavenly Father. Because what he says is, tomorrow will have enough worries about itself it'll have its own things and you can relabel those tomorrow as well and just so you know that jesus is not living in some pie in the sky reality but he's living in the real reality here's what he says he goes therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own so jesus is like saying your plate is going to be full enough dealing with today so don't drag tomorrow's worries and bring them into today because it's just going to overload you. Basically what Jesus is reminding us, I am with you today. We, we will deal with tomorrow when we get to tomorrow. And, and I'll help you with the troubles that you're having today. I'll, I'll be with you today and I'll be waiting for you tomorrow when you get there. So just take all the worries that you have and relabel them tomorrow. And then just leave it with your heavenly Father. So let's just kind of summarize all this. How do you stop worrying? Here's how you stop worrying. You might want to write it down. Don't borrow from tomorrow. Just follow God today. Like the way you overcome worry is to stop like smuggling tomorrow's worries and dragging them into today. Like you trust that God is in control of tomorrow and that he cares for you. So today what you do is you just simply focus on God and you follow God. And to focus on God, you just say, God, tomorrow's got all those worries. We're just going to park that in tomorrow. So here's the thing. God, what do you want me to do today? Well, I know what you want me to do. You want me to seek you first. You want me to prepare. You want me to plan. You want me to pursue your purpose for my life. So I'm going to start stop borrowing trouble from tomorrow, and I'm just going to follow you today, and I'm going to trust you with my tomorrow. Now, let me just ask you a couple questions. This is for those of you especially who are, are Christ followers. And that is this. Well, what if you believed that? Well, what if you really believed that your heavenly Father was in control of tomorrow and cared about you to take care of today? 
What if you believe that? I think we could live that command, don't you? So it really boils down to this question. Will you choose worry or will you choose trust? Will you choose worry or will you choose trust? Because that's really your only two options. You can either go through life worrying or you can choose to trust God today and relabel all of those worries that you're dragging from tomorrow, relabel tomorrow and put it there. And I'm telling you, if you learn to do this, if you don't want to borrow from tomorrow, but trust God today, I want to give you three things that you can do this week to get you started. Let me give them to you real quickly. Here they are. First of all, begin your day declaring your trust in God. When you wake up in the morning and all those worries start coming to your head, and you go, there's nothing I can do about that today, just go ahead and say, God, I'm declaring my trust in you. I'm not going to spend my day worrying. I'm going to choose to spend my day trusting you. So you start every day reminding yourself that you're going to trust your Heavenly Father with everything today. The second thing you do is you relabel your worry tomorrow. You just park it in tomorrow. Like, whenever you catch yourself worrying about something today, just say, no, 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 that's about tomorrow. I'm leaving that in God's hands. God will meet me there tomorrow. And then finally, you look for a way to participate with what God is doing today. See, most of us, we're not able to live in God's plan and our purpose for our life because we're so worried about tomorrow. And, and I'm telling you, that's one of Satan's tactics that keeps you from having a fruitful and fulfilled life because you're not participating in what God has for you today because you're so worried about tomorrow. So instead of focusing on what is uncertain or what you don't have, he says, no, no, no. You focus on what you do have today and how you make the most of this day is you just honor God and say, God, I'm going to trust that you're going to meet me in tomorrow. Like Jesus says, you don't have to drag the concerns of tomorrow into today. You can be confident that your heavenly father, he knows everything you need and that he does deeply care about you. So he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Don't borrow from tomorrow today. Just follow God today. And if you do that, he says, you don't have to worry because you will know that your heavenly father is with you today. He cares about you today and he will meet your needs today. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Heavenly father, I thank you for this incredible truth that our Lord and Savior Jesus taught us. It's just such an amazing reminder of how much you love us because God, you know you know how much we are consumed by worry in our culture. And God, I just want to thank you that you have just very clear understanding of how to live our lives so we're not consumed by worry. And I just pray right now that you'll help every one of us to declare, I'm not going to borrow from tomorrow I'm just going to follow Jesus today. I don't have to worry because Jesus is with me today and he will meet me tomorrow. God, thank you that if we seek you first, your kingdom, your righteousness, 
we can be confident that you know and that you care. You know what we need. You care about what we need. And God, you will meet our needs if we live responsibly. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to do this. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to remind us as we go through this week. So God, may we all wake up tomorrow morning. May we all wake up tomorrow morning declaring our trust in you. God, may we relabel all of our worries tomorrow and may we choose to begin to participate with you every day in what you're doing today and leave tomorrow for tomorrow. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. Hey, thanks everyone for being with us on all of our campuses. On your way out, they have a treat for you. Make sure you get it on your way out for your kids as well. We'll see you. Have a great week.